G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Let's turn our attention to the disturbing developments in India where there has been a major increase in persecution of Christians. In the northeastern state of Manipur, as many as 70 Christians have been killed, hundreds of churches burned to the ground and tens of thousands have been displaced. The Reverend Hiralal Solanki is Pastoral Coordinator of the Indian Reformed Fellowship Australia. Hiralal and his wife Lakshmi travel extensively throughout India and are across details on these latest developments. Uh, they are coming to Australia in the last week of August. I'll tell you about that shortly. But Hiralal, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you. Hiralal, what are you hearing from the state of Manipur in the northeast of India? Uh, the sorts of things you're hearing from your contacts on the ground? Uh, let us first understand the state of Manipur. The state of Manipur has two different kinds of people living. One kind of people live in the valley, which are known as Metes and are majority people of the state. They form about 50 to 55 percent of the population of the state and they are the ruling class. They rule the state of Manipur. Uh, from uh, earlier days, they used to have kings. Now they have democratic government. But uh, as you know, majority rules. And so they are the rulers. Then there are hills around that valley. And in those hills live the tribal people. And these tribal people are not as educated or as well-to-do as the people of the valley. People of the valley are predominantly Hindus and people of the hills are predominantly Christians. So this is a little bit about the state. Now, apart from religious difference, there is one other very significant point. A, a struggle or violence part with the valley is not very large. The land part with the hill people is larger. The struggle has been, apart from religion, how to grab the land that is in the with the hill people for the valley people. This as well is a very important point that forms of this violence. So what we have now, is a dispute. The, the dispute is between the people of the valley and the people of the hills. And the people of the valley exactly. predominantly Hindu, and they're the ruling class. And so when the That's people right. of the hills have the land and there needs to be expansion, there's 
a search for ways in which they can take some of that land. And some of that is being fueled by uh, policies uh, that the government supports. How does that all work? Right. Right. So now let me reach out on the second part of this. How did this violence erupt? The people of the valley has been seeking a legislation which will help them to occupy the land of the hill people. And so one such legislation was held by the high court in the state, declaring the people of the valley as scheduled tribes. That's how they're divided. So hill people are known as scheduled tribes, various tribes under one umbrella, and the people in the valley as general, general class. So if the people of the valley are termed as scheduled tribes, then they automatically get a right into the tribal land, which is protected by the tribal rights. So that's what actually happened on and in then on 3rd of May, the tribal people opposed that thing and they took out a march against the decision. When they were taking out the march, the miscreant people probably uh, 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 encouraged by the people of the valley created a ruckus and some houses were burned in general some religious places were burned that became the base or the trigger to incite the violence. Hiralal, I've heard 70 Christians were killed in some of these riots. Uh, Is there an update on the numbers of those who've been killed and those who are casualties? Yes, Uh, I'll give you the update, but let me continue a little further from the previous uh, statement. So then what happened, the people of the valley, with the help of the local officers, went on a rampage, burning the religious places of Christians and looting the houses and burning the villages, sort of in the garb of saying, we are taking revenge on what the tribal people have done to us. Now, let me go on to the data The data comes from the last week of May. So the data is already a little bit old. Uh, This data is getting updated on day by day. So there are about 35,000 people that are displaced. They are living in camps. They're living in 97 camps. Some of these camps are as far as in the city of Delhi, in other cities, people, those who could run away, take a flight and reach far, many of those camps are in neighboring states and some within the state. There are uh, about uh, uh, 195 people injured that were confirmed and Iris. there were unidentified confirmed deaths 72 which were not identified and 106 villages again not exact number like 106 or 7 can be confirmed but approximately were burnt and 
this is about 200 plus churches were burned. So this is a little bit on the data. Hiralal, there are concerns that the same legislation that is being sought by the Valley people against the Hills people in Manipur might well then overflow into other states throughout India. Is there a risk that this sort of outbreak of violence could spread dramatically? Uh, There are two risks. Risk number one, it could spread different places. Risk number two, the Christians in Manipur are now being branded as terrorists fighting against the state. Now that is a bigger risk because that maligns the whole religion which will put breaks almost in every kind of religious work or testimony because then you are branded Christians as terrorists as are Muslims generally branded as terrorists. So the risk here is that the Christians in Manipur state are being branded as terrorists and that's likely to overflow into the news media and will be reported widely and Christians are likely to be branded as terrorists uh, as, as one group, uh, you know, a uh, across-the-board branding. In uh, Indian media, it is already being published that way. Uh, what's the likely outcome of that? Uh, Will it put uh, one neighbour against another um, when you've got Hindus and uh, as you say there are already Islamic people who are branded as terrorists it will put Christians into the same category? It is very likely probably not to the same extent as the state of Manipur falls into a very remote area but it is going to have a carry over. Uh, With your your ministry at work in India, do you have some opportunity on the ground to be supporting uh, those who are displaced, uh, those who've been casualties, uh, the Indian Reformed Fellowship Australia? How are you placed to be able to help there? Uh, Since many of those people, some of them being our friends, we know them, some of them being known to us, some churches, denominations that are existing there that are our known people, many of them have fled from there into cities like Bangalore, cities like Delhi. Delhi has several camps. One of our close friends, his parents, their house was burnt, so they are now with their daughter in Delhi. And uh, many of these camps are right within under our nose. So we definitely have an opportunity to serve them. But more than that, even those who are uh, in camps in the neighboring states like Mizoram and Nagaland, we have uh, associations with people there and we are working on sending support to them there. Hiralal, is there something happening at a government level, uh, any sorts of... Uh, ways that there are submissions to help clarify the legislation that is causing the upset in the first place? Is there something happening in a diplomatic sense from church leaders? Uh, uh, Not so much on the diplomatic sense, but the Supreme Court of India has uh, stopped that legislation from becoming a law. So that legislation at present is in pending state, 
uh, on the hand of government, there has been no official meeting of reconciliation yet. Well, we'll no doubt want to follow through some more detail with you as things continue. And uh, it is difficult because we've heard that there are continued protests that are happening, uh, continued flare-ups of violence that are happening in Manipur. And so we might be able to follow through with you and get an update on what's happening in India. Uh, significant things in the state of Manipur. And we're hearing from the Reverend Hiralal Solanki. He is pastoral coordinator of the Indian Reformed Fellowship. And yes, they have a chapter here in Australia. Hiralal and his wife Lakshmi travel extensively throughout India. They're actually coming to Australia in the last week of August. August and until the second week of September. So in Brisbane, 26th of August through the 4th of September, then in Sydney until the 11th of September, and then until the 18th in Melbourne. There's some dates also being discussed for Perth and Tasmania. But for connecting with our guest today, Hiralal Solanki at the Indian Reformed Fellowship Australia, irfa.org.au irfa.org.au I'll assume that there's some sort of appeal that might be running and listeners might be generous if they're visiting that website irfa.org.au Hiralal Solanki thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your update with us today on 2020 Thank you so much for having this privilege Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.